0: Respect the process. Another week, another round of news Sure. that typically Alabama football does not have this time of year. You,
1: you say that, but I'm gonna. I know okay, where come on, counter, counter me. I, no, I'm just simply gonna say, I don't. I bet if you go back, at least one assistant leaves. Yeah. This time every year. Coordinator or assistant? Uh, assistant. Okay. But the difference is Nick Saban was the guy that stayed. Yeah. well, And that's and really all said, that mattered. That's all that mattered, although people panicked every year. Mm-hmm. What happened? I'm not sitting here saying Kalen DeBoer is automatically Nick Saban. Okay? Time will tell thank who goodness. that is. Oh, yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> Are you crazy? Uh, what I am saying is we hired Kalen DeBoer. Yes. To be the head coach, which involves having to hire assistants, mm-hmm. which involves losing assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dick no Saban means,
0: famously lost assistants. Like, it, he had a turnover
1: unlike anyone
0: else because it's a difficult job.
1: It is, it is a grind.
0: You learn a ton. It is a grind, and it is not for everybody to it's work for not. Nick Saban.
1: It's not. And... With the situations being what they were, you know, if if the, the coordinator, if Grubb and the O line coach had left to go to Georgia, yeah, if they'd left to go to Ole Miss, if they'd left to go to Michigan, really any to, other collegiate program, just yeah. about any other, yeah, you would go. Mm, okay, these guys left in order to stay where they were. In essence, yeah, it was a career opportunity to move to the NFL, mm-hmm. which, by the way, there's a lot of dudes doing these days.
0: Well, and especially after Ryan Grubb having worked for and we're talking about Ryan Grubb, offensive yeah. court, who had never officially been announced as okay. the offensive coordinator that was coming with Kalen DeBoer. They had worked together for 16 years. He obviously has worked in college football for longer than that.
1: He was in the offensive coordinator's office. Let's put it that way.
0: Sometimes you maybe start to think, I've been pretty successful here. And a lot of head college coaches do this too. I've been pretty successful here. I wonder if I can do it at the next level. And if the opportunity comes
1: around. And if you can do it without having to sell your house. Even better. And I have no idea about his family dynamic. But if he's got kids Mm -hmm. that are... High school, middle school, elementary, whatever Any, it may it, it, be, or a wife still that doesn't want to have to leave. Move. Yeah, you don't know what circumstances are and family dynamics may be. Again, I remind you, it, it's still fairly new. What is it? Six weeks since I think it's Caitlin been DeBoer literally was,
0: thirty days. I think we are just eclipsing okay. the window of Nick Saban announcing his retirement.
1: So I again say, when you think of Kalen DeBoer's family. Mm-hmm sitting on a Saturday afternoon in a building they've never been in, Bryant-Denny Stadium, at a press conference surrounded by people, the overwhelming majority of which they'd never met. And it was six days, five days prior, Mm -hmm. five days prior. Here we are on Saturday. It was on Monday night night that they're representing Washington, playing for the, the dream of a lifetime at that level to win a national championship in football that doesn't happen on Wednesday you hear that Nick Saban is retiring and on Friday you're on a plane to another part of the country that you've never lived to go take over mm-hmm. maybe the most storied program in college football history certainly in modern history recent history yeah it's a lot and they managed it but for the assistance families it's the same thing it's a challenge too and a month later is still a lot of upheaval. You got kids, again, if there are kids involved with it, maybe you're finishing up the school year, all I say is forget what the job is. Think about your job. And if you had to move cross-country and even doubled your pay, but you're asked to move cross-country, and by the way, you've got 24 hours or less to decide and you've got to have everybody moved in a week.
0: Well, and what we got, you could do it. We also have to consider people that yes, we've been thinking about doing this. This happened within, as you said, a week mm-hmm. of, we are the offensive staff for Kalen DeBoer at Washington. And then on Friday, we are now the offensive staff for Alabama with, with very little notice. Did they and their families have right. this, um, this information, um, I guess the one thing that is curious about this, but let me let me get back first. Real quick about Ryan Grubb, he also keep in mind that he initially put his name in the hat for the Washington job. I, yeah, I know that job, sure. he had uh, once DeBoer had announced that he was coming to Alabama. When when Grubb kind of wrote his letter to the families and to well to the Washington family, saying, um, you know, I'm leaving even though I will not be your head coach. Something to that effect of saying that he had wanted that, that that was something. And it would be a natural thought that with the success that the two of them have had, that he might ascend Mm -hmm. DeBoer. So you have that kind of factored in. Um, The the peculiar thing is the timing, I think, for a lot of people. With the signing period having just ended, the 30-day window for the transfer portal just closing for the Alabama players, because when Nick Saban leaves, they had 30 days to consider. I think that's what pre- puts a sour taste in some people's mouth.
1: I understand that. I don't disagree with it. Yeah. It is the business of it. It mm-hmm. is the nature of it now. Um, the, I don't think the guy moved to Tuscaloosa knowing automatically that he was going to wind up at Seattle. Okay, That's
0: a good point. Yeah. I don't
1: think he does that. Yeah. I think he goes with the intent of taking the job. He starts working, he starts recruiting, he gets a phone call. Are you interested? Let's talk, okay? The other guy's got other people to talk to as well. At that point, there's not as much of a rush Mm -hmm. for the NFL job because it's not like they gotta go recruit. It's not like they need him there two weeks ago Go, go help Coach DeBoer get this thing started. Mm-hmm. And then we'll figure it out afterwards. And I think that's probably what happened. I don't know the specifics, but that is my guess. You keep the job you've got mm-hmm. until the other job. He, he oh, went yeah. back out of the Alabama job if he's not, if he's, um, not got another job in place. And he wouldn't have stayed at Alabama if the Seahawks job was done, mm-hmm. is my guess.
0: Yeah. It will be interesting to see now um, where <coughs> Kalen DeBoer goes with this in yeah. terms of promoting from within, bringing someone like do. Bringing someone like Kirby Moore, that his name has been thrown about, who's the offensive coordinator at Missouri right now. He has a couple guys that he could elevate from within his staff um, to co-offensive coordinators. Or... You know, there's also been talked about this is his offense. He could call the plays. I would have to believe, though, that that is a lot for him to consider on game right. day. That's. I agree. The ultimate game manager. And then you're also yeah. calling the plays on your own offense.
1: I think that would be very tough. I do think it's his offense, yes. much like Nick, what we ran at Alabama prior to his arrival. Nick Saban's offense, Nick Saban's defense. Mm-hmm. He allows the coordinator to put a twist on it. They got to adapt to the terminology that's already in house. Um, but we're bringing you in to, to show certain ideas Mm -hmm. and adapt what you do to what we do. Uh, we're not going to chuck everything we believe in Mm -hmm. is the philosophy in that building. I would imagine that's the exact same thing for Kalen DeBoer or very, very similar. So there, he wants somebody that will run what he wants run. Mm-hmm. There's not quite the same comfort level as a guy who's run it for him yeah. for the last several years. But I think it's still uh, – I'm not going to worry about it until it's actually a problem. Right. And, yeah. again, we. it's not like you, if you had lost Kalen DeBoer after a month, that's a concern. Right. You didn't lose Kalen DeBoer. You lost an important piece of his staff, but not the only piece of his staff. And um, but I think for not some a people, part that can't be yeah. replaced. And I'm not saying that it doesn't matter at all because it does. I'm simply saying, what are you worried about right now when you don't know what it was going to look like anyway? Nobody, Most of the fan base, and, and myself included, had no clue who Coach Grubb was. Until a month ago. Right. None. That doesn't mean he wasn't a great coach. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's not deserving. But we tend to get into this where we're we start sweating the loss of familiarity. Which doesn't mean that in in the long run things may not work out better for you. I understand that pretty well.
0: <laughs> Alabama likes familiarity. Everybody the Alabama likes faithful Everybody likes, likes familiarity yes. and stability.
1: Nobody nobody well I'm not going to say everybody. a lot of people. Don't yeah. A lot of most people do not like um, constant, change. constant change. unless you're
0: Bobby Petrino, and he loves constant change.
1: I'm going to drink my coffee yeah. and uh, leave Bobby Petrino conversations alone.
0: The one, the one thing uh, as when you look at this, this will be something that Coach DeBoer will have to pay more attention to at least in the short it's term. an early distraction because he he turned the keys over to grub uh, to grub he's like yeah. you you run this this is a well-oiled machine you know what i want done yeah. if you if you want to talk through anything that's good but for the most part this is your baby yeah so initially this is going to be one more thing right that he has to uh, deal with and then also getting somebody in just because the portal does open again mm-hmm. and so it's not only retaining your players, but looking at okay, what else do we need to put in place either in terms of recruiting or trying to bring somebody else in?
1: I was thinking it's it's like moving furniture mm-hmm. yeah. into into a new home. Hey, I got a bad I got bad news. Um we dropped the the kitchen table and chairs and most of the frying pans okay well that's one more thing we got to get done but it it doesn't mean that you can't go ahead and move into the house and the housing will be great Mm -hmm. and everything's you know it's it's more work involved um you don't know exactly what it's going to look like yeah but could wind up being better than you had again that's not a shot at all no. At Coach Grub, it's not trying to paint everything as perfectly rosy. I just don't think it's a problem until you find out later. You, you don't know if it's a problem or not until it becomes one. Good point. And at the moment, it's a problem. We mm-hmm. ain't had a practice yet. It hadn't impacted recruiting, to my knowledge, yeah. yet. So, and even if it does, does it mean it can't be overcome by the time you play the opener? certainly by the time you get through the season and what everything looks like. It's always easy. Again, I've, I've talked about this before. I'm not putting Kalen DeBoer on Nick Saban's historic level, okay? But I will say um, the reminder again, when Nick Saban left East Lansing, Michigan, to go to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to be the head coach at LSU after being the head coach at Michigan State – he sent a plane back to bring all of his assistants not 1 0 were on the plane. They stayed to be on Bobby Williams staff 4 years later Nick Saban's holding up the crystal trophy in New Orleans at the uh, Superdome having won a national championship with the Tigers and Bobby Williams and that staff was released mm-hmm. that year because they didn't win enough ball games. Yeah. Give it a give it a rest. Don't there's enough to sweat. When it's truly a problem, don't sweat stuff until it becomes one. That's
0: a good point. Uh, we have heard that Coach Grubb will be taking uh, <coughs> Scott Huff, who had been the offensive line coach mm-hmm. um, with, with DeBoer's staff, uh, that he will be going with him to the Seattle Seahawks. So that will be another position. Really or coach. yeah,
1: Tough coach to replace. Um,
0: another coach to replace because that's, I don't know if you promote from within at that point or you are going to have to go out and find yourself Probably an offensive so. line coach. And uh, those aren't
1: easy to find. But here's the thing that we didn't talk a lot about. There were a lot of really good coaches who wound up in Tuscaloosa under Nick Saban, even on his last staff. But some of the hires that he got were not necessarily the best possible hires around the country Mm -hmm. because there were guys that were a little concerned about every season being the last season Mm -hmm. for Coach Saban. And even though you don't go there thinking you're going to stay 10 years for Nick Saban, um, you may not want to move your family from a really good spot for only one year if you're at a comparable mm-hmm. school yeah. or program. I still think you're going, to have, you're going to have some guys who are really good who are going to go from what may be perceived as comparable programs to or maybe up-and-coming stars in the profession – that will absolutely jump at the chance to work for a guy like Kalen DeBoer, mm-hmm. especially at a place like Alabama.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. And also it really is hard to project because there is the the coaching world in, in college football, it, it truly is a fruit basket turnover at this point because you have people making all sorts of different moves because they don't want to deal with this or they do want to have a part of that. Um, I mean, I think the biggest one right now, everybody's kind of not scratching their heads, but looking at the Chip Kelly move. Oh, no doubt. Leaving UCLA to go and be uh, the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, you know, he may at some point come forth and, and truly tell everybody why he, he made that move. But um, it is one that people say, well, it could be yeah. he doesn't want to have to deal with recruiting. Or well, he'll still have to recruit at Ohio State, which right. is.
1: but. But it's a lot easier to recruit at Ohio State than it is. At UCLA, he was going to have what was going to be one of the the lesser jobs. As crazy it is to think about UCLA, and will be traveling
0: transcontinentally at that point from UCLA over (laughs) to play in the Big Ten schedule. It was
1: a job he, and I don't mean this disrespectfully towards him, because it's such a tough job now, and was before. But he's he's struggling to be successful in that league. When you're one of the tradition-rich programs in that conference. Yeah, in the Pac-12. In the Pac-12. Now all the other dynamics, plus they still don't, they really don't care at UCLA at the level. You're, you're number two on your own campus. Yeah, uh, Basketball is still king, and they can't get that completely right. Yeah. So that one on the, the knee-jerk reaction, I was guilty of this too, is to go, wow, look at what's happening with the profession. No, I think that's kind of isolated but it is telling that people are understanding, especially guys that are maybe on the, the downside of their careers. Mm-hmm. Is this really how I want to do it? Right. Or, you know, people will say that that's a lot of Coach Sabin's thinking. He still had the energy, the way it was set up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to still do it. But with so many changes and the fact that it is as chaotic a set of circumstances it is, with almost no rules and certainly no governing body to oversee it properly, then it was a good time. It was time to to hang it up. But I think I think a lot of guys like that are. That doesn't mean that there aren't a ton of great coaches who are going to go, you know what? It's still the route I want to go. I still want to work with younger guys and I mm-hmm. do the NFL, especially if the money can be comparable.
0: I will be interested to see, um, since last week you and I were together – coach Saban accepting the position with ESPN to work on college game day as an analyst. Um, I will be interested to see how candid he gets, um, how, how honest he is about certain issues within college football um, and how he assesses um, players and coaches, because he does not like to be critical of other coaches necessarily, but that's going to be part of what I think he might be asked to do.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, First of all, no surprise whatsoever no. that that's the route he went. I thought maybe, possibly, he sits out a year if they want to go one more season, you know, with Lee Corso. To the contrary, I think they they kept Lee Corso in the position yeah. that they were because they knew they were going to hire Nick Saban as soon as it was over. Yeah. Um, As soon as he was done coaching. It was his – we're going to continue to try to get what we can. And I don't mean that disrespectfully towards Lee, but. It was time. It was, it, it had was, been time. It had been time. It had been, it time, had, it had been past time. To it be it made yes. sense to maybe keep him a year or two longer. If you knew you're going to get coach Saban fairly soon. So they get him. Um, he will be fantastic. He was pretty candid on things before. Mm-hmm. I think he will continue to be so, but. And I the hope he is, is because
0: I, yeah. I, I, he will be, he is, he is, you, you, there, I don't even know that there's a way to say what kind of addition he is to that cast, because he is going to be
1: phenomenal. No question. Um, Kelly, here's the thing. I, I think that while he'll be candid, I think it'll be great, because it doesn't necessarily mean that he'll bash somebody when they do wrong. I think he can give better clarity. That's a good point. Yeah. To maybe why they're thinking the way they are or maybe why something's not working if it doesn't. Yeah. Um, You know, I say this all the time when I was doing a a, a talk show in Tuscaloosa and when I've been a guest on shows and they want to talk about something that may have, when I say controversial, I just mean that deals with performance or, or lack thereof of a coach or whatever. And I've had to deal with that a good bit, especially as the basketball announcer. Mm-hmm. I've had to you know had some seasons prior to Nate Oates' arrival where you deal with that and, and what I said is, you know, look, you're asking for my perspective. Mm-hmm. It may not be yours. And while it's a hundred percent accurate that <clears throat> I'm paid by Alabama, not directly by the university, but by Learfield, which is contracted by Bama to do the games. Yes, I'm the Bama announcer, and I'm not going to go out of my way to bash somebody, especially a coach. But just because I'm giving you a reason that something may not be working or that they're not as successful doesn't mean I'm wrong. And just because you're, you're unbiased doesn't mean you're right. Yeah. So I could, it, it may be true that some things that I say – may not push the envelope as much as others do that don't have to walk in and face those people. But I'm also pretty close to it. I can probably give you a, a perspective that's different from yours. And you know what? It may be right. Doesn't mean that I am, yeah. but there's a good chance I probably am. Cause you know what? I'm a little closer to it. I might actually know more about what's going on than you do. I don't in every case, but in a lot of it, I do.
0: He will be, uh, it will be it will be interesting and different to see him sitting there to see what all he does take part in and um, because college game oh, he have yeah. fun he will
1: if he knows he and I dealt with this with his TV show Kelly if he's committing time to something he wants it to be great mm-hmm. you know was he fired up about doing TV or radio shows he wasn't fired up with anything that didn't factor into winning but. If he was going to have his name attached to something, he wanted it to be good. Well, there's no halfway with him. There's no. none. And he may not watch that TV show, but by golly, Terry was, or friends were, or family was, and it would get back to him. And, you know, Jim knows this, Dunaway. He did the show before I did. Uh, you feel the pressure to be prepared and to do your best because you know that just like anything mm-hmm. else that's t- attached to his name and to Alabama, there is the expectation of it being the best that it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And you better be ready, you know? And... I
0: think he'll have the highest suit budget.
1: <laughs>
0: Him or Reese, I don't know.
1: I, uh, I, don't... I got a feeling it's Reese. I got a feeling it'll be Reese. Okay. Easily. Easily. It'll be Reese. I think, there'll be, I think there'll be some new stuff in the wardrobe, but I think there'll be a lot of familiarity to what you see on Saturdays as it, well. It,
0: it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, again, it, it took no one by surprise. But, but as you said, uh, probably the timeline of it, the fact that it did happen as quickly and that he is going to be a part of it next season. Yeah. Again, Probably a lot of people thought he might take a little chunk of time out. But I don't know that he does well with timeout.
1: Well, time off. For you and I, and time off for him are two very different things.
0: Well, he um, he obviously does speaking engagements, but do you think that will also be something that increases in, during his time off? Well, now?
1: I think it will. You'll see it spread throughout the calendar year. I don't know that he'll do many more. Okay. But I think he will do. I think he will do some, and I think you'll see him do some quarterback clubs. Yeah. Again, they're going to be they're going to be high paying not for him but for his charity. Right. I think it'll still be my just a guess. He'll still do things for Nick's kids or for whatever charity they yeah. they choose to be behind. He'll do things for friends and when he does those things he's really good. One of the most uh, among the most enjoyable things that I, that I got to do over the last few years. And it happened on multiple occasions where he would be asked to speak at an event, and I'd get a phone call to say, "Hey, Coach, committed to doing this, but he doesn't want to give a speech. He would like for you to be there and do it as a town hall." Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for multiple events, and it was always an honor to be asked. Do
0: you just—I mean, obviously, you're pitching him right to his wheelhouse. But do you? It's
1: absolutely in his wheelhouse. Does he give you a heads up? No. Or, no? Okay. No, he did, wouldn't necessarily. But I might have. I might have somebody. Tell me a couple of things. You know, Josh maxson was great with um, athletic communications, and and when we did, uh, you know, it got to be where where Josh had a trust factor with me uh, because it's kind of thing where if I screwed up, coach may not get after me, but he'd get after Josh. It didn't look good for anybody. Yes, you know. Yeah. But I there were there were things that um, you know Josh may give me a heads up. Hey, coach would. Might want to talk about this, but it didn't happen a lot. I kind of knew mm-hmm. the route to go, and especially in those town hall things, um, the Nick at Noon, especially, you know, you're taking questions from the audience. We knew how the format was yeah. going to work, and I would do a few that were along the lines of what you might expect—softballs or whatever. Yeah. There may be some things that I played off of if there was somebody in the room, you know, a former player or whatever. I might whatever popped into my head. You know, yeah. but I didn't I tried not to do anything that put him in a bad light or threw him off guard. I just you know, I tried to make it interesting for everybody. Yeah. But coach didn't mind when I say challenged, I don't mean in a, a bad way, but he he's a very thoughtful person. I'll give you one example in particular and I may have talked about this on this show before. But I was I was filling in for Eli on Hey Coach seven years ago. And it was the Thursday night deal. Eli had an event that he was doing for the athletic department. And Vern Lundquist was the media guest that night. Well, I'd already made up my mind. I'm getting out of the way for the most part. I'm going to mm. get us in and out of the breaks. Mm. I said, Vern, talk to coach. You know, we'll have some other things. But I want I want you to talk to coach tonight. Mm-hmm. Let He's comfortable with you. You guys visit. And I'll get us in and out of the breaks. But there was one coming out of a break. Uh... I said, Coach, I got a question for you. I said, uh, I said, how in the world do you raise a 16-year-old daughter? Because I know you've done that already. And I said, as of today, I've got one as well. And, and Vern goes, whoa. Oh, and I'm going to get out of the thought, way of this yeah. one, too. And, you know, you you might think 15, 30-second question. He gave about a two-minute
0: Do you have any? Because I've got a 16-year-old daughter right now, too. So if.
1: Uh, we'll talk later. Okay. Um, but we he went for about two full minutes on parenting. I mean, it was fantastic. And when he finished, I said, uh, Coach, that's fantastic, and I really appreciate it. I will also say that um, if I don't get a picture of you with the birthday girl – I'm going to have to spend the night with you and Terry (laughs) because I'm not going to be allowed to go home. Done. And uh, he said, we'll make sure that happens. Well, sure enough, next commercial break is he was always signing autographs. He's he's telling one of the security guys, where's Chris's daughter? Where's Chris? And and he he made sure that he got that picture with her. So I tell you those things to say. The man's really insightful. Even if it was a seven year old kid, coach, what advice do you give me playing peewee football? Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't just, oh, you know, do your best, practice hard, blah, listen to blah, your blah. mom and dad and eat no, your vegetables. Which there's nothing wrong. All of those things are true. He would talk to the kid, mm-hmm. and everybody's listening, hanging on every word. Because well, because
0: everybody says he's so great at recruiting, He, yeah. it, it, we don't ever get to see, as I say, we. The vast
1: majority of us don't ever get to see behind the the coach Saban. And there were so many times on his regular TV show that he would give an answer after the game that I would, and I'd get so absorbed in what he's saying mm-hmm. that I'd almost forget what I was supposed to do next. next. You know what what yeah. segment are we going to next? Um, great stuff. Gonna miss it. You All know, right. new, it's great to have new challenges and yeah. professionally and from everything that I've heard and and seen. Telling DeBoer is going to be great to work with, but uh, what I've had the privilege of doing in for a large part of the last 17 years but is something I will always cherish. I know that's why that's why we keep you around. I appreciate it. Yeah. Glad somebody does.
0: We also uh, we're going to pivot to basketball because it was an interesting keep pivot week. foot down. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting week last week. Last Wednesday night.
1: <laughs> Ooh.
0: Sixty-one fouls. Am I getting that number correct in the My Auburn game?
1: says, "Don't talk about it."
0: It was. Uh, it was
1: eighty-five free throws the, between the two. The Eighty. Fir- let me back up. Eighty-five free throws. Mm-hmm. Half of Auburn's points came from the free throw line. Almost half of Alabama's came from the free throw line.
0: The first fifteen minutes of the first That's half fun. were engaging. To, I enjoyed
1: listening. I enjoyed watching. It was fun, even though Bama was down. It was a fun game to call.
0: After that, they when they made up the fourteen point gap, tied it up, and then they go to the they go to break at halftime, down fourteen again.
1: Yeah, because yeah. Of the under four media timeout, it was all yeah. Auburn. They finished great, and Auburn to their credit never let Alabama get within no. arm's reach. You know there was never there was never that next run by Alabama. Auburn did what it. they
0: had to do. Alabama played sloppy. They did not take care of the basketball. They didn't. And,
1: and they didn't adapt to the way the game was called, yeah. and I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there, because to to go further would be taken away from Auburn, and I don't want to do that. They earned it. They, they would have been. They played Alabama a great game, regardless. yeah. Um, but that was not as entertaining a game, regardless of the final score, from our perspective, as it should have been. Um, the the ability to bounce back from that and get ready to go and play an early game again on the road against a team that you'd popped once before but had played better and was still dangerous in LSU and to pull away from them. You know, Alabama didn't just slop around for 30 minutes. LSU did some good things. Bama didn't play its best, but but LSU did some good things. And they
0: still scored 92 points. That's... And- and I think yeah. leading into that, that's what has a lot of people concerned is yeah. Alabama's defense. And yeah. they're not going to be able to win games against – and they've got they, – they have seven conference games left. Uh, Texas A&M coming in on Saturday for an 11 o'clock tip who just beat Tennessee. Granted, it was at home. Uh, but to beat the likes of the teams that they still have ahead of them, True. defense is going to be – It needs to be better. Yeah. That
1: being said, I'll bet you uh, – I'll bet you an ice-cold Coca-Cola that if we score 109, we won't lose much. No. Um, part of that was tempo and pace, and you knew even if, you know, Nate wanted to get more stops. And once they did get stops, that's what that's what allowed them to pull away. With Shutting down Baker half, was big. Oh, was once huge. they
0: could shut down Baker in the yeah. second
1: half, that was – Yeah, uh, 22 in the first yeah. half. I think you had only two in the second, yeah. maybe four. But <laughs> – Excuse me. That was a that was a one or two point deficit, maybe a one point deficit with nine and a half minutes to go. Yeah. And I look up and we're up eighteen. Yeah. That was phenomenal what they did.
0: LSU led at the half, had as much as a ten point lead in the second half. Um,
1: yeah. But was they they were able to come back. And it was to to go from a one point deficit to. Alabama going for one-point deficit to winning it going away yeah. like they did. That was that was an impressive finish. They got it done on the defensive end, but LSU couldn't keep pace offensively. They were able to match for a while, but then you could just tell they, they knew we're not good enough to yeah. run with you. You know, you may be able to run a sprint with somebody out of the gate, but not you for realize, 40 minutes. oh, my goodness, I can't keep up this pace.
0: Um. Not terribly nicked up right now, but obviously, I mean, every everybody gets a little tired because we we've reached that point in the season. Alabama has the week off; um, don't they? Don't play again until Saturday. But I guess just rest more than anything else. I mean, they they're not really trying to get anybody healed up and back on the floor.
1: That's true. So, and knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, right now, that's you know, Muhammad Waqie is going to battle that foot injury, uh, ankle injury, whatever it is, uh, the rest of the way. That's just the nature of it, but everybody else um, seems to be in pretty good shape. It was huge for um, Nick Pringle to play as well as yep. he did.
0: He had a good game on Saturday. He really did. Yep. Um,
1: he looked rusty. Didn't play well in the the game before right. against Auburn, but you could tell he was he was much more dialed in. Now again, the front court for LSU is not the front court of Auburn either, and the sir. I mean, there were. Fifteen hundred people max. How was that? ten minutes before, five minutes before tip off. Uh, TV was not better. showing a lot of the crowd, well, and that's, there wasn't a lot of that's crowd why. To show. Yeah,
0: it looked like it was a pretty dismal turnout. <laughs> Mardi Mardi Gras, I'll do that to you down in Louisiana.
1: It will, and I apologize. This is not Mardi Gras. This is just this time of year. You sure? For me, so I apologize for the hacking. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, there's beads Alabama, in your back
0: pocket earlier, so I you know,
1: just. You don't want to? I earned those. Okay? I know. Um, but with Alabama. It said it all along. It's going to be its best basketball still to come. It's really good when it's really good. They mm-hmm. can't afford the nights like they had against Auburn or against Tennessee when you get later. Well, first of all, if you want to win an SEC title.
0: Yeah. And right now they still lead the league with they South do lead the league. They have a share of the uh, t- title with uh, South Carolina.
1: The only two losses they've got are the teams that at the time they played them were in the top 12 in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they also own a win over Auburn, obviously. And they'll get Tennessee at home for Mm -hmm. a chance to avenge that one. What they can't do, what they couldn't afford to do. And Nate told me in the pregame, he goes, we're treating this like it's the league championship game because if we lose, the chances of us winning are not very good. Which is, I thought, really refreshing to hear a coach say and Mm -hmm. be that honest about a game that Obviously, you take them one at a time. Okay, that's fine. But this one is a big one because you're going to have to do something maybe, uh, I'm not going to say phenomenal or shocking to offset that later, but you have to do, I think, three losses wins the league outright. Four may get you a share. But when Alabama has to play Florida, who just popped Auburn right. twice. And Gain-
0: they go to Gainesville. They go to Gainesville
1: and they get them at home. Yep. Uh, they will get Tennessee at home. They will get Kentucky at Rupp. Yep. And then uh, we go to Oxford. Oxford, Mississippi. Yep. And on their best night, they're dangerous. And then Arkansas. And Arkansas, who's playing better. Uh, but I would love, I would love for it to come down. Even though Arkansas is capable of, you know, playing out of their minds and and getting it done, I would love to go to the final game of the regular season with a title on the line in Arkansas all that stands in your way because that would be so much fun to cut down the nets with them still in the building.
0: Think that they need to – they can only afford to drop one more on the road? Uh, One, possibly two. I mean, they're going to have to win at least one of the last three games, the road games that they've got.
1: I I don't think there's any doubt, and none of them would be easy. But I still think four gets you a share of the title, yeah. four, four losses. And
0: they have two right now in the conference. you a share of the league yeah.
1: title and just three, and you win it outright. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting there, everybody but Bama and South Carolina have three, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, have, at least have, have more than three. Have at three. least three. Yeah. I uh, have at least three. Excuse me. You're right. So three's going to get you. The league title, South Carolina is going to lose somewhere. As good as they have played, as well as they've played, they're not going to run the table. No. I'll be shocked if they do. You know, tip of the hat to them if they do. Yeah. But I just don't see that happening. Um, It does show you how tough it is to win on the road, though, against good teams. Remember, Bama lost by 20-plus, basically, Yes. Tennessee. It may have been under 20, but we were down more than that very late. Same thing with Auburn. Uh, South Carolina, twenty-point loss to us in Tuscaloosa. Will yeah. be interesting to see what happens when Tennessee comes to town. Not at all predicting a twenty-point no, win but, over the Vols, but you don't have to beat them by twenty; You've got to beat them by one, right. and it'll count the same.
0: Okay, so that means that you get the week off as well, then resting sort the pipes of, until much. yeah.
1: We got some shows. We got the I had it's Monday, as you and I are visiting. I'll have Coach Oates' radio show tonight. I'll have his TV show on Thursday. Um, then we're back home on Thursday. Excuse yeah. me, on uh, Saturday, Saturday, as you said. And I get to do some dad stuff nice. the next few days. So, okay. so i hopefully get over this crud that's got me uh, sounding just I was going to say, phenomenal. we're still in February. It'll just hopefully, I know. This is round two in a month for me, so I'm ready to feel better. I know.
0: Okay, well, Saturday we will listen to you at uh, 11 o'clock tip, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, mistake. 10 o'clock gets, pregame yep. on
1: the network, 11 o'clock uh, tip time. Which at I Coleman know you Coliseum. enjoy,
0: you as a broadcaster, enjoy the 11 o'clock I, tip. I
1: do, especially on the road now. Yeah. Home's a little different, but definitely like it on the road. Yeah. Get back home, pretty nice. That was crazy. And with charter flights and all, we played... Where do we play Saturday? Baton Rouge? Yeah,
0: y'all were down in Baton Rouge on Saturday.
1: It was, uh, you talk about a quick trip. I think we took, we were wheels up at four. I went to practice with the team. We came back to the hotel, had dinner there. Got to bed at the arena at nine, on the air at ten, tipped at eleven, plane lands in Tuscaloosa. I'm home sitting in my recliner at four. That's nuts. Well, it's, Charter, I mean, that's a whole world that I. It's phenomenal.
0: I could see how people get used to it and why they do spend <coughs> money to do it.
1: Team charters are the way to go when they work. When don't they know. don't, that's frustrating, just like anything else. But man, when it's all when you've won and you get that turnaround, that's that was pretty nice. Man. Hope we'll see a, a packed house. This team deserves it. Saturday, Texas A and M. Get some stuff done. Spend the day in Tuscaloosa. Enjoy yourself a little bit, and then uh, hopefully, packed and in between, Chris Stewart dot online. Chris Stewart dot, dot online. My oh boy Philip Pritchard's got the new domain, and instead of the Yahoo, I think you still may be able to find it. But uh, Chris Stewart dot online. Okay, with is two the s's. Easier. That's right. Still two s's. Still easier.
0: I know. But before we leave. We always have to have something to get us. uh, But something to get us till Saturday. Even with the hack, I'll tell you, roll time. For Chris Stewart, I am Kelly Hunter. We want to thank Scott Forrester Mm -hmm. back there taking excellent care of us. Everybody at the next round, you can catch them every single morning and on Mm -hmm. demand, as well as everybody on Disrupt the Media. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here.